Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Inclusive Activism Podcast. Today, I've got something very different for you today, and uh, I'm excited to have the conversation because I got the opportunity to sit and meet with our guest, Clifford, and get a sense of who he is and a little bit of his background because we always do a pre-conversation. But Clifford is a former MMA UFC fighter uh, that has gotten into the personal coaching, life coaching game, uh, and we're here to kind of talk about leadership, some of his background. Uh, he listened to some of the podcast topics that I think might be uh, interesting for us to have a conversation about, and we're just going to kind of like free flow with it for about like 45 minutes or so and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing how this all turns out but with that if you want to Clifford tell them who you are what's your background uh, why you were interested in talking to the to us as the inclusive activism audience I think that would be best for us to we listen to who you are okay absolutely so I graduated from ASU in kinesiology uh, it's basically the study of movement and I went into the personal training realm and not only did I get into that, I became, as you said, a professional fighter. Mm -hmm. And I did that for about eight years. So for personal training and life development and life coaching, I did that for um, roughly around 16 years now in that. And I've had the opportunity to have so many different experiences with so many different people and really take on the most difficult challenges that I could. Part of the reason I even got into fighting was to see how I could compete. Mm -hmm. I missed competing, I missed competing at a very high level, and I wanted to compete at the highest level. And I wanted to challenge myself and challenge my mind and my body. And so that's why I got into that. And I also, as a trainer, it made me a better coach. It made me a better coach because I got the opportunity to not always have things go my way. And then I got to see what am I going to do when things are not going my way. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's one of the best gifts that you can give yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's scary at first, it makes people a little bit nervous at first, but you get to see the real you and yeah. then you can see how far how far you can take the real you. Mm -hmm. If you know who you are, then you can test it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love to do. Mm -hmm. And so listening to your podcast, I heard you talk about a couple of topics mm -hmm. specifically on politics and on pain and on leadership. Mm -hmm. And so going over those topics and hearing the way that you spoke, it made it for an interesting, I decided I would reach out to you mm -hmm. to, because I think we would have an excellent talk with each other and yeah. we would uh, challenge each other in a healthy way. Sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so that's and now we're here. Yeah, yeah. So um, with that, we were talking before the podcast started. And uh, again, not that this is the only thing we're going to get to, but mm -hmm. you know, I do want to talk about some pieces of this because it gives folks a background. And I was talking to you, I said, you know, fighting games got a great entry plan, terrible exit plan. Yeah. So like kind of how did you get into that? And then how did you move and then transition? What did you take from fighting that you're bringing to who you are now? And how has that informed uh, what you're attempting to do when communicating with others? Well, yeah, one of the coolest things about fighting is you get to test yourself. You get to see how far you can go. Mm -hmm. But you have a time scale on it. You mm -hmm. definitely There's definitely a time scale yeah. on it. And the thing is, when you practice something long enough, you 
can almost identify from it, mm -hmm. that can be a bad thing or that like can be a good thing. Like that's just you? Yeah. Right. And so when you do that, you have some of the greatest champions that ever lived mm -hmm. because that's, that's who they are. That's right. what they are. But it's also hard to walk away from that too. Yeah. And that's where things can get really, really dangerous. And so just off of talking about uh, there is no long-term plan, like the beginning is nice, mm -hmm. but then what do you do after right. the fact? Getting punched in the head is not the most healthy thing for the brain. <laughs> no. And so when you do that for years on end, it can get very dangerous. Absolutely. And part of the reason I walked away was because of my kid. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a kid and I had to make a decision. Mm -hmm. Fighting's very, very challenging in more ways than one, especially if you're fighting at the highest level. When you're fighting at the highest level, you're putting your all into it. Mm -hmm. And so when you're putting your all into something like that and you're being dedicated and you're being disciplined, it can take away from other areas in your life. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And so realizing that and understanding that and always being cognizant of it. Like I always think, what is this doing? How is it helping? How is it benefiting not only myself? How is it benefiting the people around me? Right. And so when I had my kid, I'm like, all right, it's time to change professions. Mm -hmm. Most fighters don't think that way. And I'm not saying most fighters as in they don't think about their kids. Yeah. But I am saying when you're in the moment and you've practiced certain habits so long, it mm -hmm. can be hard for other people to walk away from something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Well, it's your identity. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you yeah. walk away from I'm this? And, you know, I, I've never walked into some place mm -hmm. and had like 20,000 people like, ah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, like I don't have that thing. And from what I hear, that is one of the more dangerous and addicting drugs it's, out there in the world. It's exciting. Yeah. It's absolutely exciting. It's, um, I say excitement is the combination of happiness and success. Mm -hmm. And when you put the two together, mm -hmm. like, so if you're just going after success, 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 mm -hmm and you grab it and you're thinking that's where your happiness is, that's when people get themselves in trouble. Yeah. If you're happy in the journey and in the moment, mm -hmm. but you're driving towards the success mm -hmm. and you have both come together, there's not a better feeling than that. Yeah. When you get your hand raised and you're just like, this feels good, this is yeah. exciting. Yeah. And you know you just get to go back to the drawing board and do it again. Like yeah. that's the beauty of being a human being, is right. just getting it all in, getting those emotions in. Yeah. So how did you manage like the struggle of the journey in the process, right? Because it's hard because uh, I'm sure people saw you and they see you with your hand raised and everybody thinks about the hand raised moment, right? Yeah. Which lasts what? Like, maybe. I mean, like as far as hand raised moment, like seconds. maybe seconds, yeah, right? Seconds. <laughs> and then you got like afterglow of 10 to 30 minutes, right? Uh -huh. But then like, what's next? Yeah. You know, and it's funny because everyone thinks that we live in a world of hand-raising moments. Uh -huh. And if we're lucky, we get those those flashes of brilliance, uh -huh. right? But uh, one of the things I teach in interpersonal communication is there's like spikes of emotion, yeah. and then there's general mood patterns that list, exist over for a long period of time. Yeah. And I think sometimes people are chasing high point moments, like hand-raising moments, uh -huh. when really what you gotta be focused on instead of like, you know, spikes of like intense happiness, yeah. maybe like long-term joy, yeah. right? Um, how did you like manage and balance some of that? By doing it a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think there's a better answer than that because as a coach, I've seen people go through their own personal struggles and their own personal journey mm -hmm. and 
figure it out. And they, it's kind of like if you were to take a teenager and you told them how they were, should respond to something or how they should act on something or how they should do certain things, they can't possibly understand that until they do it themselves. Mm-hmm. And so part of the journey is just doing it and going all in on it. And I go, my, my biggest thing is I want people to enjoy the process of their life. Yeah. Like that's what it comes down to. Yeah. So what I did to learn how to tailor it and understand it and really get it was just doing it. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it really comes down to is you just keep doing and ask yourself, how big do you want to live? But I'll tell you, everyone wants to live big. Everyone wants to shine bright. Mm-hmm. Like that's one thing that I've I've definitely, definitely learned as a coach because you just have to ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. And when you ask the right questions, you, you're with them on their journey mm-hmm. and you help them through their journey, mm-hmm. but it's still their journey. Right. What have you found is one of the best questions to really get people to enter, to, and I'll give you a second okay. while I'm talking okay. about it. Uh, you know, sometimes it's the question that gets them to reflect, like what mm-hmm. matters, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, I remember you said uh, you got to hear the main thing podcast, right? Yeah. And so few people like know what their top 10 matters are mm-hmm. in the world, right? Like, yeah. Because, you know, we are told what matters is your house, your car, how much money you make, mm-hmm. vacations, how, how it all looks, right? Yeah. I'm like, but is that really your top 10? You yeah. Know, what is the, the thing that matters most? What are the questions that think that you ask that helps get people, or, or do you know of any patterns or questions that have been more successful in helping people really reflect, get back to who they are, where they want to go, or what they want to do? It's funny because I see this of uh, the same similarity whenever I talk to people. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is the network, mm-hmm. people, and everybody has to understand that process within their own time and their own framework. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is, so everyone's a a, uh, self-help guru right now, Mm -hmm. right? Like everybody, they they tell you the tips, the top 10 tips, this is what you gotta do. And it's people can parrot that all day long. Have you seen the movie Eighth Grade? Mm -mm. Watch it, you'll like it a lot because it's a, about a really young girl that yeah. does social media and she tries to like give advice oh, but she's okay. in a very like scared and broken place it's just her and her dad but i think you'd like it a lot okay i'll check it out things you're talking about. yeah that's really cool yeah but yeah it's so self-help guru and you got you got people eliciting advice but as a as a kid you have to go through it mm-hmm you, you can't elicit something until you've gone through it and then you elicit it. Like mm-hmm. it's, there's a process that mm-hmm. has to come yeah. by. And so I say everybody has a story because everybody absolutely does. But you have to have some essence to your story. Mm-hmm. Just being like, yeah, you know, I had a mom, I had a dad and um, yeah, I, I live life. Like, have you? Like go live life, go really live, go experience, go understand, go, Go learn yourself, Mm -hmm. go develop. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, that's where the power is. Mm -hmm. And that's where people actually be able to empathize and understand you, Mm -hmm. taking the time. But you have to build that first Mm -hmm. before you try and get, it's like, understand me, understand me, understand me. And it's like, no, learn to understand you 
then the world will understand you. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. Because your Eunice radiates yes, yes. to everyone. And yeah. that's what it comes down to. So um, through my process, I, I tailored and learned, and I'm not going to stop either. It, there's no stopping pattern where it's like, and you figured it all out. <laughs> yeah. You never figure it all out. No. Yeah, you Even never figure it all out. Tomorrow, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, it's just like there's always going to be something new. Yeah. But the coolest thing is once you start building stories mm-hmm. for people, yeah. Right. That's where the power lies. Mm-hmm. That's where the energy lies. Mm-hmm. And everybody, like, we all want it. We just don't realize it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, so we're like, well, what, what do you want? Money, power, fame, this, that. People. Mm-hmm. It's emotions. Right. You want people and emotions. You want to fill. Mm-hmm. And my biggest thing is I try and understand as many people as I can. Mm-hmm. Because the more people I understand, the more I understand myself. Yeah. That's when things get challenging because it's it's like, well, why do you do what you do? Mm-hmm. Well, what makes you think this way? Well, why do you take this way? Well, and that it's it's almost like a philosophy behind it. Yeah. Then you're getting really the deep. Drivers. Yeah, you're yeah. getting really deep and you leave understanding yourself just a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the coolest thing about what I enjoy with the diversity stuff uh-huh. is cuz Again, say I figured it all out today. Yeah. Like, and we all became like woke as hell today, uh-huh. and we all got it right. Yeah. Like the second that happened, there were repressed parts of us uh-huh. that would come to the forefront and be like, "Oh, okay, I didn't know that it was cool to be this." Yeah. And now that would come to the forefront, and yes. so immediately, like right after that, we'd have to start over again. Yes. Because like it would be more acceptably the whole and full you uh-huh. but it's nice too because every time I understand somebody and somebody's differences and what their what their challenge in the world is uh, I see the world more real first because uh-huh. I see your perspective and now I see the world in a real realer way yeah and then the second thing is I understand who I am and what I care about what matters to me more mm-hmm. and you're right because uh, it's funny because I mean everything is just a story right it is like I hold up a 20 to you uh-huh. That's just a story, man. That's just a piece of paper yeah. at the end of the day, right? Yes. But it's a story that has value because we imbue it with value. Yes. And so it has meaning because we create the meaning around it. Exactly. Right? And, uh, you know, finding your story, like creating your story, crafting it, mm-hmm. you know, kind of being on that um, the journey of the hero of you, right? Yes. Uh, is uh, what, what it sounds like you're helping people find. Yeah. Which is really yeah, and that's great. what it is. Like when they when they understand their story and understand where they're at in their story. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's it's time to just learn and mm-hmm. put things together. Sometimes it's time to listen, and sometimes it's time to speak. You yeah. know, everybody's in different areas of their story, and when they understand that, and they have the power to realize they dictate their story. That's another thing. Is just take responsibility of your story. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people will not even take the responsibility of the story and when they do that, that's when they get themselves in bad places where they get depressed because it's it's a leaf floating in the river at that time. Mm-hmm. Like you just go wherever the river takes you. Yeah. But you have a shining bright light in you just like everybody has it. Mm-hmm. Everybody has it and everybody can be empowered. Mm-hmm. And we as a people, I believe, understand what it feels like to be empowered, to be inspired, to want to do things. Mm-hmm. People who are that way don't want to hurt other people. Right. They don't want to break other people down. They right. don't want to crush people for the sake of crushing people. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, yeah. it's funny because uh, uh, I think as men, we can hear a message of strength and strength can always can look like controlling or uh-huh. holding other folks down. And I'm like... Like, yeah. Who holds stuff down? Yeah. With strength. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? The nature of strength is to lift. Yes. Not to to hold down. Absolutely. Like it's the whole purpose. Yeah. Like I've never seen like look how strong I am as I hold this thing down. Mm-hmm. Right? It's an- antithetical to the way strength it's is true. supposed to work. Yeah. Like it's strength very true. is always meant to uplift. Yes. Uh, and to uplift means that you must reach out to something else mm-hmm. and uplift that. Yeah. Right? And so broadening strength to be beyond weights or beyond uh, control or um, subverting others, right? Like, mm-hmm. but rather finding ways to lift each other up. I think yes. One of the, the better lessons out there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So one of the things I wanted to ask you, because you have to be very well acquainted with this, is okay. um, I had you listen to the power uh, or the possibility of the pain threshold. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure when you're talking to folks and also in your journey through fighter to coach, you have to reframe pain, you yeah. know, because... I don't know growth happens without pain. Yeah. Like I've I never mean, seen like anything meaningful yeah. happen without at least discomfort. Yeah. But real growth comes from pain. Absolutely. So how do you tell them about that? How do you talk about Yeah, you know what was your experience? So like, I, how did you come to get it and use it? And then how do you communicate it? Well I um This is an interesting one because my my pain point happened at a very young age mm-hmm. right and my growth point so people are going to be at different places mm-hmm. and some people might not get it or understand it until they're 20 30 40 years old mm-hmm. some people understand it a, a little bit younger mm-hmm. uh, we can't guarantee when it's going to happen mm-hmm. so i had a uh, i call him the sperm donor mm-hmm. right and he left me at a very young age. It was painful. Yeah. It hurt. Right. And it was hard. And as a kid, you kind of, you blame yourself. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. You're like, what did I do wrong? Right. And another person stepped in and mm-hmm. played father figure. Mm-hmm. And I have the utmost respect for him because he played father figure when he didn't have to. Right. You know, it wasn't, that's like, that's the thing. We give definitions yeah. of like, this person does this, this, your yeah. blood should be this way. Right. And there is no finite truth. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of like things are things. Right. That's what they are. Yeah. And so he was a man who not only believed in me before I believed in me, yeah. he gave me, he instilled responsibility unto me. Mm-hmm. He goes, you're responsible for what happens to you in your life. Mm-hmm good, bad, or indifferent, the consequences. It's because of you. Mm -hmm. And so I took that and I really just ran with it. Mm -hmm. And like I said, just as I mentioned stories, everybody's story is different. So even those with victim mentalities, Mm -hmm. you ask yourself, why do they have the victim mentality? You don't just tell them not to be a victim because they might- It doesn't work well. Yeah, yeah, well, their story isn't your story. So well, could you just imagine? Don't be a victim. Yeah, stupid. yeah. Stop Whoa. being a victim. <laughs> Toughen up. Stupid. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's just a, oh, thanks. Yeah, because right? you could easily just retreat into that yes. frame. Because yes. you're like, now you're putting them in a place where mm-hmm. there's no like hand up. There's no yeah. like look at your feet. You're standing. That's yeah. strength. Like, yeah. know that, right? Yeah, it's well, yeah, it's it's. So I go twofold. Uh, one, I say I'm never looking down at you unless I'm lifting you up, mm-hmm. right? And then on top of it. We know there's 26 letters in the alphabet, mm-hmm. 26. People wouldn't think a big deal of that. Mm-hmm. Me and you are sitting here speaking English, mm-hmm. like it's not a big deal. Entire libraries mm-hmm. are filled with just 26 letters. Mm-hmm. 
So think about how many patterns you can get mm -hmm. with just 26. Yeah. And it doesn't, it's just like, it's mind boggling when you think about it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do with people. I, I, everyone has something that they've done well. Mm -hmm. They just might not have had anyone tell them that they've done it well. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, people need to feel pain. Yeah. They need both yeah. because that's where strength comes from. Mm -hmm. But it is true, you have to have a certain amount of pain. The really special ones can get crushed and grinded and they somehow root out of it. Yeah. But not everyone's that way. Yeah. And understanding that is important. Because yeah. it's like if I took a kid and I told them to ride a bike across some cacti on a rope yeah. and they fall off and they fall into the cacti, yeah. you best believe they're either never getting on that bike again. <laughs> yeah. Or they probably didn't even get on the first time unless I forced them to do it. Yeah. And so there's a there's a level of pain that needs to be. And eventually a person can get to that extreme intense pain. Mm -hmm. But they have to build into it. Yeah. And my my kid, mm -hmm. right? Um, I'm going to do my best to be the best father for him and explain everything to him and I want him to know that I love him no matter what. Mm -hmm. But the world will inflict pain. Yeah. One way or another. Right. Where it's going to come, how it's going to come, mm -hmm. I do not know. Mm -hmm but I want to instill in him that he will be strong enough to handle it. Mm -hmm. And to always prepare mm -hmm. for whatever moments are going to come. Mm -hmm. Prepare yourself mentally, prepare yourself physically, prepare yourself emotionally, get yeah. ready. Yeah. It's like we, when people get married, they go out with someone for a little bit, put a ring on their finger, get married, don't know anything about anything. Like. Mm -hmm. Me and my wife have been married for 12 years. I read, uh, thank you, yeah. thank you. I read every book I could yeah. on marriage. Yeah. Like, why people cheat, why people don't do certain things. What do you, like knowing all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that a marriage can't work out because it's theory and application, mm -hmm. but prepare yourself. Right. It's like life is about prepare yourself as much as you can. Mm -hmm. The same thing as fighting. Like. You wouldn't just go into a fight not knowing what that guy's going to bring to the table. Yeah. You're going to learn him, understand him, know his tics, know his strengths, know his weaknesses, and plan for that not to happen too. You know, <laughs> it's just yeah. like you got to plan for yeah. all of that, and then you got to plan for the not tos. Yeah. And then you just got to be ready and go to war and right. do your thing. Yeah, and then there's the, the whole like... How does your plan work when you get punched in the face? Yes. Right? Like, yes. How's that plan working yeah, for you now, yeah. right? And that's where things like you get to really see yourself yeah. and understand who you are. Like I say, everybody's got a fighter. Yeah. Like every there's a fighter in everybody. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's a, a difference between a trained, well-prepared fighter mm -hmm. and one who is not trained mm -hmm. or prepared. Right. And so a person who makes the incorrect consequential mistake. Mm -hmm. Well, they've never prepared for it. Mm -hmm. So what do you expect to happen? Right. Of course they were going to fail at that. Yeah. And that's what I kind of see. Yeah, one of the best corollaries I've heard from fighting that I really appreciated a lot is, um, is like seeing life as a learning opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so um, I heard it like on another podcast and someone was talking about it. when you're on the mat, you're rolling, right? Yeah. And someone gets you in a hold and you're practicing. Mm -hmm. Tap right away. Mm -hmm. Right? Because you can't afford to get hurt yeah. when you're in that space, right? Yeah. But it's really antithetical to the win, to the, the masculine like mm, projection yeah. of stuff, right? Um, but like 
in life, uh, especially when you're in some of those practice place spaces, mm-hmm. you don't need to like put yourself in a space to go 10 steps back necessarily. Yeah. Uh, that you can just be like, tap, okay, let's go again. Yeah. So I can figure out what got me into that space. Mm-hmm. Cause like, it's not an actual fight and yeah. you don't need to fight through it at risk of injury. Yeah. Right. Um, one of my friends, uh, he, huge dude and this is probably when fighting got really early um Mm. and he had been in a lot of street fights and stuff before and that's when mma was much more that way like Mm. when the tank habits and stuff were around yeah and like uh everybody was always telling him over and over you should do this you should do this you should do this Mm. but he was really smart because he knew he would never tap Mm, and that's the stupidest thing to do yeah because someday yeah. Your arm's gonna get caught, your leg's gonna get caught, no matter yeah. how tough you are, big you are, yeah. how much you can smash people in 30 seconds. Yeah. Like one day, you're gonna get caught. And yeah. then he's like, my shoulder's gonna go out, and my arm's gonna go out. Yeah. And I'm still not gonna wanna do it. Yeah. Right? And then now I'm in a space where I'm maimed. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have the ability to function. I've got kids. Yes. You know, it didn't make sense. Yeah. And it's funny because everybody wanted him to be this great, like, champion. They saw him as, like, you know, they'd want to get in fights in front of him just to, like, prove themselves to him. Mm-hmm. It's just stupid stuff. But that idea of, like, okay, you failed. It's cool. Tap, yeah. Start over. Yeah. Uh, I think it's one of the more freeing notions, you know, because, like, you always think you have to, like, win everything. Like, no, sometimes you're just learning. You know, like... So this is where it gets so interesting to me because I say, know, know thy consequences, yeah. right? Yeah. And so one individual can look at something like that and be like, wow, did you see that? He let his, he let his arm get broken. He didn't tap. Yeah. So they see him as a hero. Right. And other people will be like, what was wrong with that guy? He didn't tap. Yeah. And it's just like, as long as you're able to deal with the consequences that you set upon yourself. Yeah. Like, that's what I tell people. Yeah. Deal with the consequences that you set upon yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not my place to tell you what you should do or shouldn't do, mm-hmm. but I know what the consequences are going to be. <laughs> yeah. You're either going to pop a knee yeah. or pop a shoulder yeah. or pop an elbow, mm-hmm. or you can live to go at it again. Yeah. It's up to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really interesting way of seeing the yeah. stuff. Uh, how long have you been doing the coaching thing now? little over 16 years now yeah yeah so um i think people are always interested you know because like i think like again right everybody's the guru uh-huh. so everybody kind of like in invariably sometimes wants to go down the path uh-huh. it's funny before i was faculty i worked in student life yeah and so working in student life means people want you to be a life coach for free oh uh-huh. which i think mm, it's fine yeah like I, if i can help i can right absolutely and they're young and i'm willing to do so as long as i get like what i need to do done so i can keep my job mm-hmm. but i think for for other folks that are like, how do you get started? What do you do? How do you build your name? Uh, how do you build trust and rapport? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you manage that stuff? I mean, because, and before we get to that, let's talk about this. So I'll keep that question in mind for you. Okay. You mentioned when we sat down, you're like, you know, you have to navigate the world being a former MMA fighter, yeah. bigger black dude, yeah. right? With this, uh, and everybody puts their notions on you. Right? Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah. tell us about the good old day. Tell us why you smash people in the face. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, yeah. they only want you to be that thing because that's the thing, you know, uh-huh. we don't get to see a lot of like professional athletes on a day-to-day basis, right? Yes. So yeah. seeing someone that's the best, the best, the best in something, uh-huh. um, you know, they want you to just be that thing over and over again. Yeah, it's so um, how do you break stereotypes. Well, to be you. But before I, I wouldn't even approach it as the stereotype, which made it kind of hard because of the ears that I had. Right. <laughs> it kind of was a yeah. giveaway, right? Um, but eventually, I just kind of accepted what I was and took it as learning experiences 
to give people the opportunity to, to see a different world. Mm -hmm. So like I would talk to like with fighting, fighting and leadership, they go hand in hand more than people realize. Mm -hmm. Just when you can get into the grind, when you can get in a situation that you're not used to being in, when you're feeling uncomfortable, when you have to listen to the right people and know who to listen to and when to listen to them. Because the leader, a leader isn't, I know everything. Yeah. I'm right about everything. Yeah. A leader has to know, they, they have to know when to pivot, when to move, mm -hmm. who's their guy mm -hmm. or girl that they listen to when the chips are down. Who's the person? They're not always the smartest person in the room. Mm -hmm. So I, I took it and used it as strength instead of like, okay, you know what? Since this is what they want to talk about, I can talk about me and then they talk about them and then I can correlate the two. To create a connection. Yeah. yeah. And that's, uh, I'm like, I'll use that as a strength mm -hmm. instead of a weakness. Instead right. of like, don't stereotype me. Yeah. I'm uh, like, all right, you know, they're going, we're human. Mm -hmm. It is impossible not to stereotype. And I think that's part of the problem is they tell us what not to do. But that's what we are. Yeah. That's like telling someone, you know, just stop breathing because you're going to feel amazing. Like, <laughs> you can't stop being what you are. Yeah. You can't stop being a human being. Mm -hmm. But when you understand the human side of you, understanding it, you can work with it. Right. That's what it comes yeah, down to. Yeah, you can be aware of the judgment. Yes. Like, because we don't, we're primed for judgment. Yes. But we're also primed for connection. Mm -hmm. Right? So mm -hmm. it's a muscle. Yeah. You work it out. Which one do you do? Which one do you value? Uh, and you slowly become better with those things. Absolutely. Do you find do you ever have a harder time uh, connecting with folks that do put the stereotype in a way that doesn't work for you? Like where they're like, oh, I don't know you. Your background doesn't help me much. Uh, why should I trust you? You're a fighter. This connects to my life in like no way whatsoever. Um, it makes it for an interesting challenge. I'll tell, I'll say I get better with it the more that I do it with people. Right. Because if I have someone making negative judgment calls on me, mm -hmm. then I can try and understand them and empathize with them as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So the more I empathize and understand with them, the more likely they'll be to understand me. Mm -hmm. I've, uh, I had one specific client who, uh, me and her are good friends to this day. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, I saw racism in her eyes, like yeah. when we first met. And I, I, you can just, tell racism when you can when you've been around it enough you can tell when it's there and when people are just looking at you trying to figure out mm -hmm. and so I, I just I saw it yeah. right and the first thing that went through my head was I'm gonna give this woman the best damn training session she's ever had yeah. you know not in a negative way yeah in a positive yeah. Yeah. uplifting way yeah yeah I'm like she's going yeah. to enjoy not herself sore. yeah yeah exactly Happy. exactly <laughs> right I'm like she is going to enjoy herself in ways she's never enjoyed herself yeah I'm gonna give her that great of an experience yeah and um, like I said we're still friends to this day yeah. because it's you you go past that, that's the beauty of being human, is you can be bigger than the situation mm -hmm. that's in front of you. Yeah. And when you do that, everyone ends up winning because of it. Yeah. So I think in, in that, you kind of get answered part of the question that I had about like meeting and connecting with different folks. Mm -hmm. So the other thing that I want to ask you about then too is, so I think being a life coach is, I mean, I don't know, I haven't been, so I can't yeah. say I know. Um, but I can tell you that when you're a public figure, when people look to you a lot, they'll ask you to do a lot of things because I do a lot of service. Yeah. Um, like me looking the way that I look and understanding masculinity in a really good way. Yeah. Like I can role model masculinity in really 
positive, good ways. Mm -hmm. um, knowing what I know about race, diversity stuff, you know, um, when I show up, because I'm native, but I, I pass for, I mean, you see me, right? I yeah. pass for white, you mm -hmm. see. Yeah. Um, but when I show up at a Black Lives Matter, you know, and they're like, what are you doing here? And I'm yeah. like, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. You know, I just get heard different. Right, mm, yeah, like yeah. they're like, well, why are you here? I'm like, cause Black Lives Matter. Like yeah. that's it, man. Yeah, that's all you got to agree on. Yeah, like, and you can come too. Like, mm -hmm. you just got to agree. Yeah, this thing, right? Yeah. Um, but when I can show up and do those things, it's powerful. Mm -hmm. But the risk is, if I give away all the time, there's nothing for me. Yeah. Right, and then yeah. um, you know, life is exactly the airplane thing. You got to put the mask on you first. Mm -hmm. All things come from you. Yeah. How do you balance the need? You know, people may need or try to reach out to you in the middle of the night. You know, and it's you and your son and your partner. Yeah. You know, like you got to create some space around that to be the person that they ask you to be. Yeah. How do you manage the balance? By going into a, a quiet room mm -hmm. and listening to yourself. I think sometimes people don't do that enough. And so when they get presented... So when you do that, what does that mean for you? Well, it's it's really, you know, it, it's a form of meditation. Okay. You, you know your own answers, right? The answers are for you. And so no one knows you better than you because you're around you all, all the, the time. time. Yeah, yeah, all the time. <laughs> but the thing is, no one ever, ever takes the time to listen to them. So they sit around listening to, well, this person says this, this person says this, this person over here, and and it's like, all right, go take some time mm -hmm. to yourself. Figure out how you can function at your best you. Figure out what you need to do. Do you need sleep? Do you need to work harder? Are you being honest with yourself? Are you talking to the right people? Do you have the people who are bringing you up or breaking you down? And doing that, I think, is one of the most empower, empowering things to do. And it's crazy because we don't even talk about that in our school systems with our kids. Like, it's just, I'm going to cram this knowledge into your head. Yeah. This, 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 this. Yeah. Take the time to understand you. Mm -hmm. Take the, the time to understand what makes you anxious. Mm -hmm. What makes you scared? Mm -hmm. What makes you excited? Mm -hmm. What makes you happy? Mm -hmm. What All of those things. Yeah. Understand them all. Because the more you understand them, the more you can be the best you can be for the society that you're in. Mm -hmm. Good. Well, with that, that is part one of the podcast with Clifford Starks. I know we had to uh, interrupt things in the middle. It's so hard because we'd like to keep the podcast in 30 minute intervals and so it gets hard to do that but if this made you think of something or you're interested or you want to have a little bit more of a conversation about some of the thoughts and our ideas that either clifford or i brought up please let me know at 860-576-9393 remember you can text us at 860-576-9393 or you can send us an email at inclusiveactivism at cox.net that's i-n-c-l-u-s-i-v-e-a-c-t-i-v-i-s-m at cox.net. Uh, the other thing that you can do is please rate, review, share the podcast on several different areas because that always makes a big difference for us. And it's always, if you're interested in booking me or bringing the power of inclusive activism to your organization, you can email us at inclusiveactivism at cox.net or learn more about this organization at inclusiveactivism.com. Thank you.